hard and I'm believing God uh, for great increase for the children of God I, I believe that that's our inheritance and the only reason we're not seeing it is because of everything that we've been taught sometimes that we just assume you know based on what we know about Christianity and we just bring that into uh, Christian life and just accept it and uh, we don't see the blessings of the Lord I am very sure that has this thing has nothing to do with being smart have, having an education you know of people that don't have much of any education and are very wealthy and we really need to look at God's word you know the word of God should make you change your opinion about anything you will live by the book and uh, that's what I'm trying by the grace of God to do to live by what I see in the book now I was just sharing back there I really don't care too much about you know good someone bad someone these are, these are great but I, I want the manifestation I want God to do what he said in his word that he would do because I know I'm convinced there is a God I mean they may not believe there is a God I know there is a God and that one day we will be standing before him there is a God and since I know that there is a God I've settled that and I know that this book is his book and he's giving us this book we can live by this book and whatever this book tells us it will happen if we line up with the word the moon has no light of its own you know that it's how the brightness that comes from the moon depends on how the moon aligns itself with the sun. The way you shine will depend on how you align yourself with the Son of God. And the only way to align yourself properly is to go through this book and understand it. On Sunday, by the grace of God, I'm becoming with another message having to do with understanding. Because as long as you don't understand this book, and you need, you need to know that you can only understand it by the Spirit of God. It is it's hidden secret. There's there, every word of God. It's, it's a secret. Jesus said, to you it's been given to know the mysteries. So the, the scripture, the word of God, life on earth. Success in life on earth. is hidden in the book. Mysteries. And only through the Holy Spirit. And you desiring to unlock these mysteries. That you can actually see what is in there but as soon as you get a hold of that mystery your life will never be the same never that word will automatically transform your life if he shows you what you're doing wrong that is he has unlocked a mystery and once you know it and you align yourself properly everything will change nothing can hold you back general statement and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free so that's the key today I want to share 
And I hope I finish everything. Faith for increase. I am saying it in a first time when we started our church. Uh, I think for several weeks I, I spoke on nothing but <laughs> increase. My wife was begging me, Angela, I said, would you go to something else and preach about something? Because it's embarrassing, you know. I mean, we don't have much, and you're talking about wealth <laughs> and all of that stuff. And I preach on prosperity from the Word of God and then call uh, Ted, the church member, please, I need to go do church business over here. Can you come get me? <laughs> and God is changing all of that. And uh, we, in our family, we are believing God by the end of this year for God to bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars into our family yes I'm believing God and we're saying it and God will do it so God is transforming things we don't have to be in want you have to work I'll show you a secret there are two systems financial systems on the earth you know, we talk about the economy, what's happening. I don't even think about it. My wife has mentioned, you drive like gas is not even expensive. <laughs> she tells me that. She says, I do what I... It's not there in my thinking. That's for them. I live in another system. I'm not going to be wasteful, but I do what I have to do. I don't... I never will feel the pressure of what's happening out there, never. Not for the church. Don't think where the economy is bad, or for my own individual life, or for my family. And the same for the church. Don't care what's going out there. I don't care if the gas price goes up to $8, I still will be doing well. God will make the way. He says he will make a way in the wilderness for you, for us, his children. And remember, he has no favorites. We tend to think when someone is doing well that maybe there's something about this individual. No, God has no grandsons. Everyone is special to him. He's a respecter of no one. All you see is how that guy or woman has aligned himself or herself with the word of God. Having this understanding. There is a serious misunderstanding that holds us back and held me back. And I'm not going to be shouting tonight. I have a lot of stuff here, you know, I don't shout very much either. But I have a lot that I want to say. There's this serious misunderstanding. It's a subconscious thing in our minds. And it's, it's perpetrated by the enemy and it stays with us. It stays there and we can never get over it. Until God begins to take those blinders off and then you begin to see. There is a serious misunderstanding. And it goes, goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And even the New Testament is a little different. And I will explain what I'm talking about. That strange misunderstanding that when you become a Christian... You should just struggle through life. And they use the word being content. Content with whatever I have. You know the scripture says that. That's not saying you stay where you are. I mean by the grace of God on Sunday. You can't rest. 
you rest, you're grateful to God for where you are, but you look forward to something bigger. And it's got to be something bigger than yourself. Now, the misunderstanding is this, all the way back to the Old Testament. We, you know, I hear Christian people telling me, well, we know unbelievers that are very wealthy. And if, if it's God's will for his children to be wealthy, how come these unbelievers are so wealthy? And then we have Christians who have nothing. They can barely pay their bills. I mean, you heard that kind of stuff. And without reading the scriptures, you are using your own understanding, okay, based on what you see and formulating your own theory about life. And you accept it. Well, Christians are poor, unbelievers are poor, and unbelievers are rich, and Christians. You know, some Christians are rich. We have them very few. And if they are very wealthy, we, we, our mindset is, well, how, is he really a godly person? Do you know that? Is he really godly? Or is his well taking over his mind? Or her mind? We have all of these things in our subconscious self. And these things prevent the blessings of God from coming our way. What stops you from being the greatest CEO around? Just you, your mind. I'm not smart enough. I can do it. But God is not a respecter of persons. I'm not sure the scriptures. Psalm 73, the same old thing, 12 through 17. And a little different from the way we think today. It says, Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely, this is the way he felt, surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus. Behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. I'm going to break that down some. Behold, these are the ungodly. You know, the enemy wants us to think, and Christians say, the ungodly, they're doing well. Well, they're operating in another system. And they can walk, they can use their wisdom, and they have, they can be wealthy. And so this guy is saying here, surely, this is Esau, surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. He's saying, what is he saying here? Why is it that those that haven't cleansed their hands, their hearts, right? And washed their hands, why is it that they are prospering? I have done that, and I don't see the same prosperity. If you read further down, the guy said, I was foolish and ignorant. Foolish and ignorant. He couldn't wait for God. His assumption is those that are without prosper. And if you cleanse your hand and you come into God, then look at what's happening to me. 
his expectation was if I cleanse my heart I should be doing better than that fellow right that's what he expected so now he's saying God how come I am not better how come they seem to have some rest they are at ease doing their evil stuff and they are prospering they have so much money and I have done all of these things and look that's the way we think his expectation was to have the same to have more it says for all day long I, have, I was plagued by this thought it was real torture for him painful and he said if I have said I will speak thus in other words if I will say if I have said to myself let me say I have cleansed my hands and been just everything that he said I would have been untrue to the generation of your children it's not so for God's children that's what he's saying why he said that he had been in the sanctuary if he had spoken what he was thinking that's his thought he wrote down do you understand what I'm saying? His thought is, oh, they prosper, and myself, I washed my hands, my heart, and, and, and it's all in vain. And if I had stayed with that, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. You know what that tells me? God blesses his children, just, just like them. It's a different system. I would have been untrue to, to, to the generation of your children. So you, because you've cleansed your heart and you've washed your hands, <laughs> you should be as wealthy except you're operating from a different system. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things that they are running after will be added unto you that's Matthew 6 verse 33 they are getting it in their own system but when you go into the, if you go into that scripture and go down further you see that their wealth is laced with a lot of trouble yes Their wealth goes with a whole lot of trouble because it's coming from a different system. And God has another system for his children. Remember the Bible says you are ambassadors for Christ. This is not your world. An ambassador for the United States in, the, in Nigeria lives like he's in the U.S. He gets all the benefits. Amen. You go into his home, it's like a home in the United States. You go into the office, everything is like what you got here. He's an ambassador. We are ambassadors for Christ. Now think about where you came from. If you are an ambassador, think about your place, your home. How should you live? If I had thought that way and I've spoken that, I would have been untrue to the generation of all your children. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the truth is, you are blessed. Amen. You are blessed. Amen. And you need to accept that and change your mind. That's why the Bible says, don't, let's go to that scripture, Romans chapter 12. It 
it says from verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good. When you renew your mind, then the manifestation of God's goodness, perfect will, all of that will be in your life. It's just all in your mind. So this is that misunderstanding. We think there is no profit to serving God. When you serve God, He blesses you. And when He blesses you, there are people out there doing their own stuff, not caring anything about God, don't even give a cent for the work of God. They're just living for themselves. And yet they benefit from the system of the world. Here you are living for God. God has opened your eyes. Very few people have that kind of blessing on their lives. God opened your eyes to know that Jesus is the Savior. And that you can come to the Savior and be accepted by Him. And become a son of God or a child of God. Not many people are given that privilege. You become His and I tell you, if you have a wealthy father, he rub off on you. In the natural. Amen. So we have this strange mindset drawn from the world that we are supposed to be poor as Christians. Because it runs in the family. Whereas the scripture is saying the curse has been taken off. And God can bring the blessing. I was deceived. And I'm, you know, I, I wish somebody taught me when I was a new Christian. Because he took, he's taken me so many years to get that of my thinking. And it affected my whole life. Not even with a PhD. There are poor PhDs. And believe me. <laughs> and there are rich PhDs. So poor doctors. And rich doctors, confused doctors, <laughs> don't know their right from their left. You're wondering, how did he get his degree? <laughs> yeah. Somebody told me there's a doctor living under the bridge somewhere in Houston. <laughs> Thanks, Fred. <laughs> but it's all God. And God is on your side. You need to accept it. You see, you need to receive God's word. When you reject God's word, you reject Christ himself. Because he is the word. You need to receive his word. The truth that he's made available to you. You can't make yourself rich. You can't do anything about it. But he can. If you follow through with his system. There is a system. That God says Christians should follow. The more I read scriptures, I begin to understand it's not more of work. It's really more of something else, which we will come into. But see, that mindset is there. Look, look, in Malachi 3, verse 13 and 14. He says, your words, God speaking, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? God heard them saying some things that really bothered him. 
in another scripture or, uh, or the uh, traditional King James it says your words have been stout against me against him and this was what they were they said well, what did we say against you he said you have said it is useless to serve God what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance it's the same sentiment you see we're doing all of these things we don't have any profit and God heard it and he says your words have been your words have really hurt me you have really hurt me by saying that they kept saying they were not even aware they were doing it can you tell they were saying what did we say that's against you it was in their mindset and they were conversing about it and just accepting it and God heard it and God says your words are really rough towards me they said what did we say we're not aware of saying anything against you. you. Say yes, because you got this mindset, and you've been saying, "We just worship the Lord. They are prospering. We're doing all of this stuff. And, and what profit is it for us to be doing all of this stuff? We're not benefiting." What that says is, really, God expects you to profit <laughs> from following Him. He expects you to profit. And I will come into that. All I'm doing by the grace of God is to change my way of thinking. And hopefully I can change your way of thinking. So that we can align ourselves with God's blessings. And he will choose the way it comes to you. And really the, the way it comes to you will be how much you can imagine. God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine so if your imagination is this he'll do above it if he's this he'll go above it amen and if it's really big he's able to go above he's God just yes God it depends on that so that's the mindset it is useless to serve God what profit is it? Why were they saying this? They were not having much in their lives, right? We don't see anything happening to us. That's what they were saying. They were not sick. It just didn't have much. You know, I had a guy come to our church here named Ross. Ross, remember a Jewish fellow? You remember him? And then he was talking to me right there. He, he, he heard me speaking about these things uh, and uh, some of the things I'm sharing tonight. And he told me, called me aside. He said, you know, he's, he said, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish. When I came into Christianity, I reversed my thinking. And he was very poor. He was depending on his sons to get him out, to help him. He came to me. I was standing there when he says, he said, you know, you've changed the way I think. He says, as a Jew in our home, if you mention and you say something like, in case things don't go well for you in life, everybody will stop what they're doing and says, what did you say? It's just accepted, and he said, in our home, that we're going to do well. I'm a Jew. I'm going to do very well in life. And if you mention we're not going to do well, they turn around, everybody's going to stop. It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> they're shocked by it. He said, but when I got to be a Christian, they changed my thinking. <laughs> And now see what's happened to me. As a man thinks in his heart. Exactly. We need to change the way we think. 
it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? <laughs> we don't get any benefit. And what we and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. He's poor. And they're tired of it. They're still doing it as mourners, but they were complaining in their hearts, and God heard it. What's God's reply to that? Isaiah 50, uh, 45, verse 19. He says, I have not spoken in secret. God says, I never said anything in secret. In a dark place of the earth, I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. God didn't say you should seek him in vain. What God is saying is they were serving him. You profit from serving God. Abraham did. Isaac did. Joseph did. Right? They all did. You need to read scriptures. I mean, think about Jacob, you know, even during the time of famine. Jacob sending his sons to buy, buy, you know, food from Egypt. And he's sending a whole lot of gold to impress the prince for food. He had the money. They put the money in the bag. He doubled it. Go back. And had it morphed. He said, give it to him. He had money. He just didn't have for date. He had money. I'll buy. He wasn't begging. He could buy. In a time of famine. He had the money. If there's food, he could buy it. It's the truth. That's the way it happened to them. I did not say anything in secret. Amen. I didn't speak in dark places. I was very clear. I never said to you, serve me in vain. Just serve me and get nothing for it. No. When you serve God, He blesses you. When you serve God, He'll bless you. When He called Abraham, He blessed Abraham. Everyone that God calls to Himself, He'll bless. And this is the way God defines his blessings in Proverbs 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. If God's blessing is upon your life, you will be rich according to the scripture. And Jesus said, the scriptures cannot be broken. Amen. If God's blessings are on your life, you will be rich. Otherwise, I want to tear that page off my Bible. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich. And has no sorrow. See, with the, with the world system, you can get rich, but a lot of sorrow. A lot of pain with the riches. But when God blesses you, you become rich. You are not rich because you have, I mean, you are not blessed because you have money. You are already blessed. And the outcome of it is 
riches. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. It may not come overnight, but if you stay with it, it will come. Joseph riches, uh, Joseph's uh, riches didn't come all of overnight. It came. It was from dungeon to prime minister. If you stay with him, he'll be there. Slowly but surely, he kept going up. The blessing of the Lord. And you are truly blessed. Because God called you to himself. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my heavenly father draws him. If you are not blessed, how come the blessed Lord is calling you to himself? He blesses all things. He has blessed you. You are truly blessed. That's why truly favored. That's why he called you to himself. You know in the natural thing, in natural life, if you are a close friend, really close friend to Bill Gates, you know what's going to happen to your life. Right? But if, what if you're a son? Jesus used the things we understand, you know, to teach us spiritual things. He did. If you earthly fathers, remember his words? If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? Huh? Well, the heavenly father is loaded. See, this is the Satan's lie that's putting us down. This is deceit to hold the kingdom of God down so that we cannot accomplish what we could in his name. That's the only reason he's doing this. But God wants to bless us. And he has blessed us. When the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. If you check it and you want to get the reference, they'll take you right to Abraham. Check the reference. You know, they'll take you right back to Abraham. As soon as you read that scripture, if there is any reference, they take you back to Abraham. And they take you back to the scripture we read on Sunday about Abraham's servant. In Genesis 24, verse 34 and 35, it says, I am Abraham's servant. In other words, I am Abraham's employee, trusted employee. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he has become great. You see, when God blesses you, you become great. You can't say God's blessing is on your life and there's nothing about you. If God blesses you and the blessings are in operation in your life, you will eventually become great. God's blessing was upon Daniel. He became great. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they became great. These things were written for our examples. When God's hands upon your life, and I know without a doubt, His hands are upon your life, because the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Amen. He says, The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and has, he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, 
So God is the one who gives silver and gold. Get it? You need to understand that. Many times we're thinking about our own our own abilities because we want to work it from the world system. And when we do it from the world system and we are able to succeed, then before long we look down on everybody else because it's your own work. You understand what I'm saying? You feel like something special about you. But when you do it from the word of God and you stay with God's word and operate the things God has given to us, then you know where it's coming from. I mean, if God is bothering your bread, you never go away from that. In fact, I'm going to use the scripture, I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 6, or chapter 9, Jesus coming into the world, it says, Butter and curds, or butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse evil. He eat butter, and eat what is good, so he doesn't want anything that's bad. And he may know to refuse evil. And he speaks also of Genesis, in Genesis 26, verse 12 and 13, how Isaac began to prosper. Because God blessed him. God blessed him, and you were blessed, and the outcome is riches. I, I feel in my own particular life, my family, I just believe we will never know want anymore. That was, that's past. It's never going to happen. I don't care what the devil does. It just will not happen. One way or the other, God will find a way to bring it into my hands so I don't have to worry about that. I can release myself for the kingdom of God and don't worry about that at all. God will do it. God will do it for you in Jesus' name. You see, the blessing of God is God's greatest authority released on man. When God pronounces a man blessed, you see the outcome. It's a force that comes upon your life that will drive you till you become wealthy. The truth. It's his command. When he blesses you, he's going to come. You saw what he did with Abraham. It's a mighty force upon a man's life. When God has pronounced it and it's on your life, nothing can stop it. But you have to believe it. It's the greatest force. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. It says, The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. And in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Houses. You know, only humans can resist God's command and decide to do something else. 
because he's giving us choice. Right? You can choose. Other things, uh uh-uh. When God commands, they follow. Do you understand what I'm saying? God said, I have come, I will command my blessings upon your storehouses. Your storehouse cannot resist it. The only problem is we don't believe that. We have a different mindset. And our storehouses are really small. (laughs) Can't hold much. Because of the way we've, because of our mindset. But God says, I will command my, these blessings. I believe God has commanded His blessings upon your life so that anything you set your hand to do will prosper. Amen. That's what the word says. Right. It doesn't matter what field, God will show you that one little thing that will bring prosperity. You don't have to be highly educated. Just that one thing that he's giving you the gift to do, God will use that, just that one thing and make you great. You don't have to fish around looking for something because he'll let you know. Somehow he'll let you know. This is it. This is it. You know, I'm reminded of the story that Larry Hutton told told us while I was in Georgia. Uh, He talked about giving the message on tithing and everything. And this uh, uh, elderly woman, retired woman, you know, she's never had anything much in her whole life. And the the retirement stuff that she got, check was so little, she social security check, she said, she went to him and said, look, I believe everything that you're saying, but I cannot afford to tithe. I just know where I could do it. I won't be able to pay my bills. I calculate everything. I can't make the bill. And he said, well, I just give the word. Whatever you want to do is up to you. And she sat there and listened every night. Every day she listened to him and she made up her mind, I'm going to do it. Larry Hutton said few, I don't know how many months later or years later, she went, he went back and preached in the same church and recognized the woman because they had a fight, you know, about what he was saying. <laughs> and she walked up to him after the message and said, I'm going to, I don't know, I said an outrageous amount of uh, thousands of dollars into your ministry he recognized he said oh yeah <laughs> he said, are you lying to me lady she said you don't believe me do you you don't i know you don't he said well you said and she said well you're standing before a multi-millionaire and he said oh yeah i want to know this time <laughs> and she said she was just sitting by the rail, uh, railroad track as the train was going by and she was just waiting for the train to go by and she go. She, she started to pay her tithe and she said an idea came to her and she thought why didn't I think about it before called a few people together they put a factory up according to the short story Richard now she sat at home and money comes in to visit to stay with her yeah just one simple idea from the Lord a divine idea when you believe God that he is able one of these days we'll get Larry back here Proverbs chapter 8 verse 21 says this so important 
that's wisdom personified, but that wisdom is actually Jesus. This is what he says. That I may cause those who love me to what? Inherit wealth. Do you love him? Wow. That's what he says. That I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth. That I may feel their treasuries. That's God. Amen. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. Don't just start thinking about it in your head. Now, I'm going to go, what purpose? Why does God want us wealthy? Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So the purpose of wealth in your hand is for God to establish his covenant. You need the wealth for the covenant's sake. See? You need, not for you, for the covenant's sake. That's why I said it's not about you. That's why people reject it and they think they are being being real nice or being holy they want to live poor well poverty is not like God it doesn't look it doesn't, doesn't look like God a poor person doesn't you can't say that's why he looks like Jesus now when Jesus when he was on the earth with everything you remember the soldiers were fighting for his robe huh they won't even split the robe they had to cast lot because he was so precious with Roman soldiers. Well, that's poverty for Christ. That was being poor. Now, if you have a business and somebody is stealing from the business and you know it, what would you do? Let him stay with the money? You fire the person, right? And Jesus didn't fire Judas. And Judas was helping himself with the money bag, right? And they had enough. What could he do? But he knew they had enough. There was no way anyone could tell because they had enough. But that was poverty for Jesus. They became poor. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. Therefore thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. May God return to your life today with mercy. I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts. And a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Then God says, again, proclaim, saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, My cities shall again spread out. How? Through prosperity. Through prosperity. You want the kingdom of God to spread around the world? How? Truth, that was Old Testament. Do you understand? New Testament, the same way. We need the prosperity for the covenant. It's not because of you. It's for the reason of the covenant. That you need prosperity in your hand. That's how his cities, his word, can be spread around the world. Not through poverty, 
but true prosperity in the hands of his children. I will return with mercy to my people again. I will make them prosper. They have wandered away, so they've suffered want. Now I'm returning to them. I will have mercy upon them. They will be prosperous again. And I'll build my house again. That's what God is saying. When there's no prosperity, the house of God is not built. That's Old Testament. The same with the New Testament. The word is not spread around the world. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. And God wants you prosperous. That's why, you see, every time you have a, a word from the Lord, and that has to do with Christ dying on the cross, that's the atoning sacrifice of Christ, you don't want to play with that. Because there is deep truth in that. He became sin, right? That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Is that true? That's true? Yes. That was a sacrificial walk on the cross for us he became sin right well the bible also says he became poor he took our infirmities right so that we can be healed well the bible says he became poor that we through his poverty might become rich he died poor so you can become rich I don't want to let that go his death cannot be in vain. And read the contest. First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 8. He's talking about money. Read everything. Talking about giving money to the church. And he says, don't forget the grace of God. How, that though he was rich, he became poor. That you, through his poverty, might become rich. I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to let one flaky teacher or preacher let me let that go he wants you to be rich my cities will again spread out through prosperity how is he going to do it I don't know I believe it and I trust him that he is true to his word and he will keep his word I will stay with that truth I will confess that truth I will constantly say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want and as I keep saying it that enemy that is attacking my finances will know this is not a comfortable place to be around anymore I got to move we can't operate here anymore you know from my background some of those people that are into the covens and witches and all of that kind of stuff they when they become saved they say that we we usually go in a meeting and we decide what we're going to do sometimes against christians sometimes against just people well their meeting will not work for me in my in my own life because isaiah 54 tells us they will surely gather but not by me Anyone who gathers against you will fall for your sake. It's just not going to work. So I can stay with the word of God. There's true riches coming into your life today in Jesus' name. And it's not because you're smart. It's because God wants you wealthy. And that's what God will do for the Ark Fellowship. Everyone. Yes, everyone. If, we, if you can only believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Second Corinthians 8 verse 9 For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ That though he was rich Yet for your sakes He became poor It was for me Can you say that? It was for me He became poor That through his poverty 
I might become rich. I believe that. Would you say that with me? I believe that. You don't know how God is... He said by a miracle. Only God can do it. The key is this. Sowing is immersed. That's what the problem is. Because this is the way God works. (laughs) And I said it on Sunday. It's a real must. You have to sow. If you're not sowing, you may be reaping from what you've sown in the past, but watch, you may not be having a whole lot of harvest in the near future. True. You have to sow. You don't have to sow at the Ark Fellowship alone. I give to other ministries. And our church, we give. Uh, we, don't, we don't reduce, we keep giving. This church, I said, we've actually given 10,000 one check when we were much smaller. Because we want God to bless us. It's through sowing. As long as the earth is, you must keep sowing if you want an increase. Second Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 8. I'm reading from the New Century Version. It said, remember this. The person who sows or plants a little will have a small harvest. This is God telling you. So basically, you want riches, you got the soul. Notice God is not telling you about working, right? You don't become wealthy through your work. Yes, that's for you to have seed. Let the one who steal, if the one who steals, says, the Bible says, don't steal anymore, but work with your hands so that you might have to give. Not to have a living, but to give. Remember this, the person who plants or who sows a little will have a small harvest. But the person who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You make up your mind what you want and how much you want to sow, how big you want the field to be. Do according to what you want in your heart. That's what it's saying. You should not be sad when you give. Don't, don't be sad when you give the money. And you should not give because you feel forced to give. Don't give if the preacher is saying you have to give. Bring a hundred. How many will give a hundred? I don't want to do that here. You won't hear me doing that. If you feel pressure, don't give. If they are doing it from television, change the channel. You don't have to give. Unless God is touching your heart to give. And you decide exactly how you want to sow. Do it from home before you come to church. So the preacher won't take your money. Every day. Say, oh, I wish I didn't give that. I wish I didn't give that. Now what am I going to do? Decide from home before you get here. Because, you know, a farmer is going to decide what he wants to plant, right? But don't eat your seed. You need to sow. This is the secret here. This is how to prosper in the kingdom of God. This is how God will begin to open doors. This is how God will bring people into your life that you've been dealing with this one problem that's holding you down. God brings one person into your life and says, Hey, this is easy. I'll do it this way. Oh, I'll help you. You know, we painted this here when we moved into this place. They said this will cost like $2,000, you know, for the painting. A little, uh, maybe I'm wrong, maybe more, I don't know. The lady came in and she was, was going to direct them. She said, 
when we moved in here, I'm just going to direct them on how to paint it. Because she did this for a living. And we said, thank you for directing. And she came, she was directing. Before long, I saw she was painting by herself. And we kept our mouth shut, you know. (laughs) And she painted everything and took nothing for it, you know. I mean, God will bring people into your life and, and change things for you. You don't go seeking for the people. He just bring them in. It says, don't, don't give because you feel forced to give. God loves a person who gives happily. That's the reason not to give. Don't care what people think. He's, everyone is giving a thousand. Sit back there. Because you've been forced. You don't want to, don't give it. Because if you give the money at that point, you just give the money to the preacher. <laughs> he keep your money. And tell you thanks, that's all. But when you give because it's coming from your heart, you're giving it to the Lord. He sees you sowing. He's coming right back to you. That's what he says. And God can give you more blessing that you need, than you need, then you will always have plenty of everything. Can you hear the word of God? Plenty of everything. That's the will of God. For you to have plenty of everything. Enough to give to every good work. God wants you to have that. That's the reason. So when there is a work to be done, you can give to it. Second Corinthians chapter 9, the same chapter from verse 10. God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and bread for food. He will give you all the seed you need. If you want us so much, He'll give you the seed. All the seed you need to sow. And make that seed that you sow grow. So there will be a great harvest from your goodness. He will make you rich. The Bible says in every way. Not, you see, that's the blessing of the Lord. It makes one rich and has no sorrow to it. God will make you rich in every way, not just monetarily, but every way, so that you can always give freely. So I'm asking, we need to raise this money, and how much do you need? I'll write you a check tomorrow, and it does, it's not a pain. That's my prayer for everyone at the Ark Fellowship. It's got to be by a miracle, and I need you all to just believe with me, and let God do His thing. Uh, Acts 20 verse 35 Paul is saying I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive it's more blessed you know use the word blessed when you give you bring God's blessing upon your life and please you know like I said the Ark Fellowship has we have God has blessed the church I'm not saying this because I want you to sow if God leads you to sow that's fine but if I were you tonight I believe there is a purpose if you're struggling you need to do something more than you're doing you can give it to another ministry whatever you choose but I do remember we went in Colorado and my wife just started a business then 
and it seemed like this is not going to go anywhere. It was really rough. I worked hard. I was doing everything. We were doing everything, printing stuff, nothing. She sat there in her office, and hardly one person would come by. And she was watching Benny Hinn going to raise, uh, have a crusade in India. Was it India, Angel? And Oral Roberts was there. And Oral, Oral said, he knows about giving. He said, he was preaching with him on that telecast. And then he said, I brought my check, Benny. I want to sow in what you're going to do. There's going to be a lot of harvest. And I need God to bless me. So he brought an angel. I saw that. And I was out, out in the meeting, you know, enjoying myself, the preaching over there. But Angela said, it was tough to give $1,000 at that time when your business is going nowhere and you spend so much money investing, getting the office ready. To give another $1,000 at that point is really rough. You don't know what the future will. From that day on, Angela gave that 1000 Things turned around until this very day. Till this very day. I shared the other day in Sunday school when Fred was in there and I taught the class uh, Angela thinking about hiring a doctor as a nurse hiring a doctor that's only the thing that God can do only God can do something like that you know You don't know how he's going to do it, but I want you to believe God. So when God does it, he gets all the glory. It's him. But you need to believe this, that God has blessed you, and you're worthy. When you're still holding back, and you can't give it, guess what's happening? Poverty mentality. You don't trust him. You are still calculating and listening to your own understanding. If I give this, what about my future? What about the kids? Will I eat tomorrow? God says it. You are not operating in faith. And everything that is not of faith is sin. You need to get off your comfort zone and do something you've never done before. Especially if you're struggling. You don't have to give the money to the Ark Fellowship. But see, when God talks about sowing in the New Testament, He's talking about money. Amen. He's talking about money. You don't have to give to the Ark Fellowship. Give somewhere else if that's the way God is leading you. But I want you blessed. You rejoice when you give. That's why we put this. We dance to bring that stuff to the Lord. Amen. So that God will bless you. Would you stand up with me tonight? Not, it's not the hearers of the word that are blessed. But the doers. So you hear, you need to do. When you hear the word and you've made up your mind, hopefully God spoke to your heart today, and you've looked at your situations, your situation in your life, you would like to have a bigger house. That's not bad. God says after you build those beautiful houses and you live in them, just don't forget I gave it to you. Amen. Do something about it. So, believing that that's the message from the Lord and I'm going to act on it. And my future is going to be bright. I'm believing God. I used to say five millionaires in our fellowship. We won't be able to count them. That's the way I believe. God will make it. Amen.
Again, I would like you to turn to your friend and say to your friend, the one standing by you, you are blessed. Say to three people at least, you are blessed. You are blessed. You're blessed. God will replenish your storehouse. He will command his blessings upon your storehouse. And you will have plenty, always have plenty at all times to give to every good work. You are truly blessed because you are children of the living God. You are special. And any enemy that comes against your life to bring your finances down, we rebuke that enemy tonight in the name of Jesus. And I see plenty coming into your bank account in the name of Jesus. I see plenty coming into your business in Jesus' name. I see different, more business proposals coming to you and you will be able to design the right one to go with the one to reject the one to accept because God has called you to be blessed you are blessed you are blessed to be a blessing you are called to be a light to the world so that the world will look at you as a showcase no matter what's going on in your life there is God who is bigger than that situation when you sleep, look at the stars like God did with Abraham. Begin to count the bank accounts that you have. Amen. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? How many here will want to commit to the Lord Jesus? Maybe you haven't committed fully to Him, but you say tonight, I want to commit my life totally to Him. I want to receive all the goodness of God. Would you put your hand up? You want to receive everything that God wants for you. Father, I thank you. I believe that this word has been released upon this congregation tonight. And the curse is broken. And the blessings of God has come upon our lives. The blessing of God has come upon our lives. We give you praise, Father. We believe in the blessing. You have blessed us. And we are blessed. We cannot be cursed. Thank you, Father, for your love. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.